Welcome to the Styano Plastic Surgery Podcast with plastic surgeon JJ Styano, the only plastic surgeon in the UK who owns a clinic specializing in breast and body contouring. happening seven o'clock Tuesday night and uh, immensely grateful to have some questions from the little sticker that we put on Instagram so thank you for that uh, muchly so I'm going to start with those because I usually to be honest P and EX I usually to be honest I usually forget those so I've made hi Corinne good to see you Jackie's in the house um, so I usually forget these so I'm going to answer them now um, BAGA so BAGA uh can you ba under ga can you still go home the same day hey ashley good to see you how are you doing they tell me that i shouldn't say hello to people during the questions but um anyway um so can you still go home same day with a ba under ga yep you can so <clears throat> we used to ba under ga is the um i guess the sort of standard way of doing it more and more uh, low consideration, the twilight is coming in. Um, personally, I've gone a sort of bit up and down, really. Um, and I, so there was a time when we thought low consideration was great. And now we're sort of back on GA. We can still do it under low consideration, but they're quite similar. The level of sedation with low consideration is, is you're quite sedated. So um, you are quite sort of drowsy, uh, but you can for sure go home under a GA just as well you can go home under a local insulation. Having said that, you do recover better from a, a local insulation, but um, but you still recover fine from a GA, because it's only an hour or so, hour, and hour and a half uh, operation. So yes, you can you can definitely do a, a BA under GA as a day case, absolutely no problem at all. And uh, we, we do do it all the time. Um, hi, Corinne. I, have you found your shoe? No, actually, Corinne, my shoe has been missing for a long time, um, like for weeks. So I feel it's in the garden. Well, I found the other shoe in the garden. So I assume, so I found one of them in the garden. So I think, the dog, I don't know what you know. I don't know what was posted. Something was posted about my shoe going missing. Was it that I only got one shoe? So I found one of them in the garden. Can't find the other one. I'm assuming it's in the garden somewhere. So the dog has taken it. So I'm and then special shoes that clip into the pedals of my bike. So um, I've already got one, but uh, no, I haven't found the other one. Um, <clears throat> probably come up one day and it'll probably be in a right state, won't it? Because it's, it's literally been weeks, it's been missing. Um, can you do breast lift and reduction on sedation? Yes. Um, so a, a small reduction, I would say, well, I guess the question is, can I do it or can people do it? People are doing quite big stuff under local insulation. I mean, some people do nothing. This is the problem with plastic surgery. Some people do nothing under local insulation. Can I just say, is the, should I make sure that the, the, the um, microphone's working? Should I use, I'm going to use a different one because that's dodgy, that microphone. That one, that one's better. Hello, hello, hello. Yeah. Um, so some people don't do anything under local insulation some people do everything under local insulation and there's people in between and i'm one of those i'm an in-betweener uh, in many ways and um i would say a breast lift yes for sure you can do under local insulation uh, a breast reduction for, for a, a, 
of what I call a normal breast reduction, yes. But for a bigger breast reduction, uh, I would probably feel more comfortable with uh, GA um, just because it gets a bit more difficult. Although, I know, as I say, I know people that are doing bigger breast reductions under local sedation, but I would find it a little bit difficult to get the local, um, you know, without putting too much local in and, and although you use diluted local. But um, yeah, I would, I would, I would say a, a sort of smaller slash standard breast reduction and a breast lift would be fine under local insulation. <clears throat> and the places where I work now, they can do GA. So we often say to people, look, why don't we just go see how we go under local insulation? And if it's uncomfortable, we can convert to GA. So that's always an option. Um, <clears throat> you know, start off with local insulation, and if it's if it's if it's fine, then it's fine. But if it's not, then um, then we can convert. Uh, so the other question on the tab was, can't remember writing. Um, oh yeah, prior to surgery, do you have to stop medication, e.g., birth control? That's right. Um, so depends a little bit on, on the operation. The smaller operations definitely not. Uh, the bigger operations, it would be very much surgeon dependent because. Um, medication can have an effect uh, and birth control is one of those medications <clears throat> that can have an effect in that it can increase your risk of dvt and pe which are clots in your legs that can fly off into your lungs <clears throat> so if we're talking ba uh, breast augmentation then i would say it's not it's not a problem carrying on a, um, a that if it was a bigger operator personally i don't stop um, birth control or hrt it's the same it's not not the same thing but it's the same it uh, it causes the same problems both of them cause um uh, dvts and pe's so i don't stop either of those um before surgery but some surgeons would especially for bigger surgeries like tummy tucks uh, which you've got an increased risk of uh, dvt and pe because that's a significant complication if you are going to stop those medications then you have to um, put alternative measures in place you know birth control because you don't want unwanted pregnancies because that has its own morbidity and uh, there's also morbidity associated with stopping HRT. So there's downsides with stopping it, but uh, the upside of stopping it is that it's less risk of DVT and it is surgeon dependent. Some surgeons, what I know, do stop it, I think six weeks before. So it's uh, not unusual for surgeons to stop that. Uh, but my view is that um, I don't stop it, I carry it on. But we put measures in place to reduce the risk of DVT, um, Flotron boots, TED stockings, Clexane, heparin injection, blood thinners, and the most important one, early mobilization, get you up and walking ASAP. Um, and that's really important to reduce your risk of DVT. To be, to be fair, I think that's as important as any of the other measures, just getting you up and about. Um, yeah, so those are the two sticker questions. Awesome for that. Very grateful uh, to you for those. Um, can I still have breast augmentation if my doctor wants to give me injections for suspected carpal tunnel? Yeah, for sure. So, so injections for suspected carpal tunnel is usually some steroid or something into your uh, into your wrist, and that's absolutely fine prior to surgery. The only thing about that sort of thing is that you might be uncomfortable. I mean, I don't know how much before the surgery you're going to have the injection. You might be a bit uncomfortable, um, so you know you probably wouldn't want it the day before. But uh, there's no there's no sort of interaction between having an injection for carpal tunnel and having a breast augmentation. Absolutely fine. Do we offer umbilicoplasty at our clinic? <clears throat> umbilicoplasty is quite a general term. Plasty 
just means changing the shape of plastikos from the Greek, you know, changing the shape of plastic surgeon. Um, so plasty is changing the shape of umbilico is belly button. So do we offer belly button shape changing surgery at our clinic? Um, and it can range from anything from um, umbilical reconstruction. So people who are born without a belly button or have had their belly button removed uh, due to some uh, abdominal surgery. So reconstructing it from scratch up to reshaping it if it's too wide or too narrow or if there's an alti, uh, if there's an hernia there. So there's all sorts of things that it could um, it could uh, it, uh, um, uh, encompass. So what I said to this person is if they could send us a photo or give us an idea of what the problem is. Um, most things we can uh, address and most times we're doing umbilicoplasties would be following a tummy tuck if we're reshaping the tummy uh, button after a tummy tuck and that's something we're quite familiar with and uh, do um, would do routinely if there's a problem with the with the shape of the tummy button. Um, reconstructing it from scratch, yes we could do a little bit difficult, it's a little bit like a nipple reconstruction and a nipple reconstruction you want to stick out, uh, an umbilical uh, reconstruction you want to go in and either way the scars want to take the path of leaf resistance which is a flat line so nipples tend to shrink and umbilical uh, um, belly, belly button holes tend to to flatten off so bo both of them tend to flatten off so there is a risk with that um if there was a significant hernia there i'd probably get say a uh, general surgeon because they sort of repair hernias we can repair very small hernias um and it's not unusual to repair a hernia during a tummy tuck sometimes you find them um incidentally sometimes you can feel them pre-op but uh, a small hernia we might fix but if you've got a big umbilical hernia then i'll probably suggest a different sort of surgeon so most things we can uh, we can address in terms of the shape of your belly button and are reshaping said. Um, hey. Do we offer treatment for dark circles around the eyes? No, no, we don't. Um, I don't do facial stuff. I just do breast and body. So uh, I don't do any sort of um, facial aesthetic surgery. Um, so that would probably be something non-surgical. So probably be, uh, well, a, a lot of plastic surgeons do do non-surgical work. A lot of aesthetic practitioners do non-surgical work. I normally refer people to Claire Oliver at Air Aesthetics, which is down in Helly and Arden. Um, I know her and you know, I often send patients who want non-surgical treatments there just because I know her. Um, so, um, but yeah, that, we, we don't do uh, that sort of thing. There's also actually a place around the corner from where I am called the Sky Clinic, which is a cosmetic sort of um, non-surgical clinic around the corner. So there are people who kind of specialize in non-surgical. Um, I, I put myself into a specializing in surgical type type of guy. Um, so yeah, sorry, we don't offer that sort of thing. Um, why is BMI such an important factor when wanting to have surgery? Well, there's two reasons. And one reason is that they have done studies where they said that the higher the BMI, the higher the risk of complications. When they've done those studies, they looked at a BMI of 30, and they've said if your BMI is above 30, you've got an increased risk of complications, wound healing problems, respiratory problems, chest infection, pneumonia, DVT, PE. These risks are higher at higher BMIs. So if your BMI is lower, you are going to reduce your risk of complications. Now, nothing magical happens at 30, but just generally speaking, the lower your BMI, the less your risk of 
complications. So obviously that's quite an important factor. But the other factor about BMI and surgery is the fact that if your weight changes, then your body changes. And if you're having body contouring surgery, ideally, you don't want to do it on something that's changing. You want to do it on something that's static so that your surgery will hopefully, you know, hopefully you'll get it right. You'll make your body look how you want it to look, whether it be the size or shape of your breast, the shape of your tummy, whatever it is. Um, but if then you were to lose a significant amount of weight, your breast might droop. There might be some laxity in the skin of your tummy. Um, similarly, if you want to put on weight, things might get bigger. And probably the worst thing you can do is put on and lose weight because that's what causes um, the, a lot of people to need body contouring surgery in the first place. That stretches the skin, makes your breast droops and your, and your tummy skin droop. So if you were to lose or, or at least put on and lose a significant amount of weight after surgery, you could almost undo the work that you've had done. So, you know, obviously you don't want to pay all this money and have a tummy tuck or whatever and then put on and lose a significant amount of weight and stretch that skin again. So that's that's really important when you're having body contouring surgery because you want to have as long lasting a result as physically possible. So um, so whilst they usually talk about BMI 30 in terms of the complications, um, I usually say to people, look, if you're not happy with your weight, you need to lose weight first. And that could be if your BMI is below 30, so your BMI might be 28, 29, but you want to lose weight, I'd say, look, lose weight first. Don't have surgery now, even though on paper you've got the BMI below 30. You've got to get your weight stable. So if you're losing weight, lose weight first and then have the surgery um, because you, you really want to be doing it on a stable platform. If having surgery or clinic, do I need to wait six weeks following surgery before I can go abroad? I really want a breast reduction, but I have lots of holidays planned for this year. Um, again, we're not very strict. We, the royal we, telling the children about the royal we, so I'm not very strict um, with, with this sort of thing. I kind of will advise you, but I'm not going to check your diary. I'm not going to check your, your plane tickets. You know, I will advise you. And my advice is to wait. Six weeks is kind of normal. A breast reduction is quite a big operation. So six weeks is kind of normal before having um, going abroad. Now, we all know people go abroad, have breast reductions and come back the next day. So you can get on a plane the day after a breast reduction uh, and people are doing it all the time. But I wouldn't particularly recommend it um, for several reasons. First of all, put going on a plane increases your risk of DVT, which is a risk of any surgery. So you don't want to multiply up your risks of DVT, uh, clots in your legs. But secondly, if you go on a plane and go to wherever, Marbella, there's often issues after a breast reduction. In the weeks following a breast reduction, you might get a little bit of wound breakdown, particularly where the scars meet, you know, two scars cross. You might get a little scabby bit, you might get a little sore area. The shape might not be right. One might be more swollen than the other. There's all sorts of issues. And we'll say, look, come on in, let's have a look. And oh, look, that's a little bit of infection or something. You might need some antibiotics or something. If you're in Marbella, everything's difficult. You know, it's just all difficult if you're to get, I mean, it's not impossible. You probably could get antibiotics somehow, but it's not going to be easy. And so I would say, look, make it easy on yourself. Wait until everything's, you know, largely settled. The shape probably won't still be right at six weeks. Your scar will still be a bit red, but at least you're out of the woods in terms of wound healing infections um, and, uh, and those sorts of issues. So six weeks is kind of where I would say is where you want to be. 
after a big operation like this and if you've got a lot of holidays planned this year well maybe have it next year or maybe have it at a time when you haven't got lots of holidays planned because really this is a life event and you want to maximize your chances of wound healing properly you don't really want to be on holiday with a dressing on your breast with a wound that's like having to change the dressing and all that sort of stuff it's just stress you don't need in your life do it at a time when you've got a bit of space having said all of that if you say look it's my you know it's very convenient for me to have it now and you know i want to go to marbella um you know after a few weeks and you know I, I won't say well i won't do the surgery you know i'll say well look you know you will probably be fine most people are absolutely fine but i've got to put the word probably in there there is a risk you could go to marbella uh with a wound there is a risk that you could have to cancel your holiday if you're feeling really ill and you've got a big problem they're not common having big problems but I can't guarantee you won't get one. So, you know, if, if you're okay with all of that and you say, look, you know, you're saying that it's probably going to be all right. And I'm like, yes, I am saying that. Then you could go ahead with it. But it's um, it's kind of like a personal decision. And I would say, look, it's a major life event. You don't want to be jet setting all over the place and putting stress on yourself if you've got a wound or if you've got a bit of swelling or a bit of tenderness and you're going on holiday all over the place. It's kind of going to ruin your holiday a little bit. Um, and, and you kind of might not want that. So um, I would say six weeks is kind of normal, but not written in stone. It is advisory, not compulsory. Right, that's, that's, that's my questions. <clears throat> Anyone's got any questions they can ask me? Might have a few minutes just before I've got to go and uh, sit on the sofa. Um, anyone got any, any questions? Do you know what? I went to work today and I realised I hadn't shaved. Is that bad? Does it kind of just look like a full beard? I thought, oh my god, I haven't shaved. Oh, what a slapdash man. What a slapdash man, honestly. Look at the state of it. I'm looking at the state of myself. I look a lot better on Instagram than I do on Facebook for some reason. It's the lighting or something. Instagram's on the phone. Uh, yeah, do I need it? Am I looking a bit pale? I look pale on Facebook. I think I look better on Instagram. I look a bit more yellow on Instagram, but I look quite white on Facebook. Oh, must be the camera. Yeah. Um, it is a lovely evening out there. Yeah. All right, then. Uh, thanks, Corinne. Uh, you get, likewise, get yourself out there. I will be back next week, same time. Will I? It's half term, isn't it? I might be going on the camper van. I haven't actually booked it yet, but I might be doing a camper van because, yeah. So uh, I might be out on the camper van next week. If not, it'll be the week after. If I am here next week, then you know the camper van hasn't happened or I'm back because I've got a clinic Wednesday, so I might be back Tuesday night. Anyway, oh, God, may or may not be back next week. Um, a Tuesday near near you, I will be here. Yes, I'll term, I know, but I have got a clinic on Wednesday for some reason. Thanks, <laughs> Jackie, thank you. That's kind of you to say. That's what I was looking for, Jackie. That was us fishing. Got it. Thank you. Excellent. Um, yeah, it's, yeah, Instagram's on the phone. Right, guys, uh, take it easy. Yeah, go and enjoy the sunshine. And next week slash the week after, I will see you then. Hasta la vista. And the stream. And now. All right, Facebook lovelies, I will see you in a week or so.
stop the stream. Have a question not covered in today's show? Then send it over to info at styanoplasticsurgery.co.uk using the hashtag AskJJ. We'd love to hear from you.